Hi, welcome to the Coffee Chat Show here on Buzzing Pattaya, the show where we talk about things that are happening right here, right now, as well as general news, tips, information and advice. Now, joining me on the sofa again is Greg. How are you doing, my man? Good, Trev. Long time no see. <laughs> Back again. That's that fourth time, haven't it? <laughs> now, if you didn't see part one, please have a look. There's a link down in the description below. Uh, where Greg talked all about your infamous U-turn. That was just something else that was. I mean, check that. Who gets on an aeroplane, arrives in the arrivals lounge, and gets out, goes in the departure lounge, and, and comes back again? That's, I think it's been done before, That's brilliant, mate. I mean, just fair play to you. Now, today I want to talk to you a lot more about heaven, about heaven above, because that is your baby, your child. That's something that you've developed over the years. Mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of the go-go bar, we spoke in part one about your, your thought process as to why you wanted to go into the go-go bars, but I mean, you know, you didn't just go into it, did you? I mean, you dived straight in. Well, I did actually, yeah, because I um, originally met a guy in Carousel, yeah. Carousel Bar. Uh, a lot of guys around here would know he's no longer with us. Um, Trevor James Hawley, TJ, his nickname was, and um, we got chatting about what I wanted to do and he knew I'd been in hospitality and he said, why don't you come in with me and mm -hmm. I've got an idea. He wasn't actually a partner in the business but we put him in as a manager and we looked around a couple of places but he said, I've got a place upstairs here. And I thought upstairs, yeah, oh, a bit sus about mm -hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I went up there and I thought, well, it's not going to cost too much. There's some bang, yeah, I jumped straight in. I jumped in with a guy called Patrick McIntyre, who was my um, original business partner there. Right. Anyway, um, we started it off as a, the concept was a, like a coffee lounge type thing. Because okay. we thought, yeah, we have, there's nothing around town like that. We built the bar and we put lounges in around the, around the, the, the wall, which were beds actually, they were beds. <laughs> yeah. And then we oh, put, yeah, that's, that's right. And we put, some lounge chairs in the centre, and we put those big TVs in those days, you know, the big... Oh, the big old, yeah, the deep ones. They, 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 they cost a quid in those days. <laughs> um, and we had hostesses in these long white dresses, and it was, it was great. Mm. It, was a, it was a good concept, because nothing like it around town, but sure. bloody hell, it was boring. <laughs> and I thought, I didn't come over here to have a little chit chat in a coffee place with people coming up to watch you put a CD in and they'd sit back and they'd sip their coffees or their Grand Moniers or whatever and watch a movie, the latest yeah. movie. So, uh, uh, no. Thus we turned it into a, into the a dance club. Yeah. yeah, a dance club. And um, we, uh, we decided that because of the fact that we were making money in the other yeah. club. It wasn't just a money-driven thing, it was sort of like... Enjoyment factor. Enjoyment factor, yeah. yeah. Where did you get the name Heaven from? Well, we were talking about upstairs, and we just threw a few names around, well, upstairs, and I don't know, Heaven, 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 sounds all right. Yeah. There's no Heavens around here, and yeah. there is a couple around now. Heaven upstairs, no Heaven upstairs, no. Heaven above, Heaven up, that's, yeah. Okay. Heaven okay. above, and thus then, when about another year later, after building the club, we did the hotel upstairs, which was very successful. We called that Galaxy Suites to try and link it in with the same 
terminology, I guess. So. Yeah. 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 So you've come from an extremely successful business back in, in Australia. You've come over here. You're now in the in the heart of the Agogo world. How did you recruit the girls? I mean, because I'm guessing that wasn't quite something you did back in Australia. So, I mean, you know, how did you find the girls? I had no idea to slap them. I didn't even know. <laughs> Please tell me to go bar find them. What was going on? <laughs> I knew how to put systems in place yeah. as far as yeah. teaching, training, you know, bar systems and service systems. I knew how to do that. But to get the staff, I had no idea. And I think, it, I think TJ had a... A, a big impact on that. Mm -hmm. He'd been here for quite some time, so he sort of taught me how it happened. And you had to get a manager, mum or son, that that was capable of doing this. Mm -hmm. And I think it. And then I think it gets down to then taking care of your staff. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I and think I the think more that's, after that. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure, mate. I, I think that. I, and that's what I learned from Australia because you know you start by your business, mm. and as much as people go. Oh, they don't do this and they don't do that and they said well the reason they don't do it is because you haven't taught them mm -hmm. you haven't put a system in place I always I did mention to you before Trev that if they don't do the job I've only got myself to blame mm. and a lot of these guys are quick to come out and point the finger and you didn't do this and you did that but why have they been taught do they know what the yeah. job is and most of the people over here, they're not trained very well in Thailand, man, at all. I have to ask you, because I'm assuming rightly or wrongly that, you know, when you were back in Australia, one of the key aspects of your success was the fact that not only did you have these systems in place, but people would adhere to them and stick to them religiously. Now, over here in Thailand, you know probably even far better than I do, there's no time like Thai time. So when you're saying to these girls and people, okay, right, so I need you here tonight at like six o'clock, and you're sitting there twiddling that thing in. It's quarter past six. It's half past six. It's it's quarter to seven. I mean, how did you mentally adapt in the business world to to understanding that Thai people have got no concept of time? Well, punctuality is probably their worst. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is their worst point, mate. Um, as we know, yeah. a, a commitment. There's no such thing as a commitment over here at all because it's it's all today. There's no tomorrow. In some ways, I admire it because. The stress level for them is they don't stress today because <laughs> yeah. they're out having fun and they've got to pay the rent tomorrow, but tomorrow we'll yeah. worry about that when it comes. Yeah. So, yeah, I know when you've got a meeting on or you've got a party on or a function on, you've always got in the back of your mind some of these staff will not be here. <laughs> they won't. And the only one that it's, that's going to get upset is you because they just don't care. Yeah. They just don't care. There's, I mean, have you found a success to that formula yet? I mean, are you still oh, 17 <laughs> years down the road still sitting again? Come on, are you? I just, well, I sound a bit like Ricky Gervais here, don't I? You know, we're all going to die, you know? It's like, uh, <laughs> I think you've just got to, you've just got to, you don't forget it, but you've just got to put it to the side because it'll just do your heading. Mm. And I think you've just got to adapt yourself, as I have over here over the years, that as much as I hate it, as much as it does my head in, I'm the only one that it's going to affect. Yeah. So why should I suffer the consequences of their inability to do something correctly? So I've just had to go great, <laughs> put it behind <laughs> thing is, it. they walk in an hour later and you go, hi boss, yes, how's it going? As if like, I'm on, oh, nothing's wrong, and you're like, 
something up. That's exactly what you do. Thanks. Like exactly you. what you do. Because <laughs> me coming off <laughs> like a rocket ship is just not going to cut it. It won't work. I mean, you've been in, in the Agogo industry now, was it 17 years? Yeah, virtually 17 yeah, years. 17 or, years. Yeah. When you, when you look back, I mean, do you think about things that you can see now that you wish you had changed back in the day, or have you kind of like just learned as you've gone along? Do you know what? It's been a steady path of learning, and I'm happy where I am right now. Do you look back and think, oh, I wish I'd have thought about that back in the day? Well, there's a lot of things that you could go back on and go, well, I should have done this and should have done that. But it's no good saying I should have, you just got to get on with it and move on. But no, I don't have any, I'm still learning. I've learned from you. I've learned from you. I've learned from, from some patrons that come in the club. I've learned from patrons, like the hotel was another one you could. The hotel was, I'd never owned a hotel before. The hotel was fantastic. And I'd like to do, I'd love to do another hotel somewhere online, yeah. You like giving yourself and, a challenge, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that coffee shop would have been far easier. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the business is, it's a, it, hospitality is tough. Mm, mm. Because you're going to get the whinges, the moaners. You never do it right in people's eyes. And you, you've got to bend out, you, you bite the bullet sometimes and go, jeez, oh, I just... Yes, thank you. Yes, I'm taking it all on board. I'm, I'm going to change. The beer's not cold enough. This is too expensive. It goes on and on and yeah. on. So, yeah, no, no regrets, mate, because if I did, I wouldn't have done the mm. things that I've done. Plus, I did have another club, which was called The Gentleman's Club in right. Soy Diamond. Right. Um, I had it with a mate of mine called Hamish, who's in town, Hamish Elton, with another another mate of ours as well. And we had that for quite a few years. So, between... Heaven above, the Gentleman's Club, Galaxy Suites, it was... Never a dull moment. Never a dull moment, mate. <laughs> Did no. you ever think about giving up? No way. Too young. You never sat there and thought, oh, I've had enough now. Too, too young. I'm going to close them doors, that's me. That's Sometimes it. you think, yeah, it, I'd just be bored. Yeah. I must admit, one of the things that I do admire about you and, and what I think Heaven is very well respected for is that you don't just have girls that come in and work for you and go, you've got girls that have been with you for years. Yeah. I mean, where do you sort of think that success or that loyalty comes from? Because, I mean, as a photographer, I often go around different bars and I'm like, you were in that bar last night, you know, what are you doing here? Oh, I changed, my friend working here, I changed. But yet, when I used to go into heaven and, you know, I've done some photos for you back in the day, you know, you always, I mean, I remember the last photo shoot I did when you were in heaven above in the Soy Diamond, and I came here to Soy Boomerang to do the photos. I mean, we're talking a good, probably three or four years, and you've got the same girls. I mean, how? How do you keep hold of them? Um, I think you build up a, <clears throat> like a, a family type situation. Mm -hmm. You know, normally the girls... Or the staff, whether it's bar staff, your managers, your security, whoever it may be, they do tend to go where their friends are. It's not necessarily just money. Mm. I know money is a pretty big fact, driven factor. Well, I want to touch on that in a minute. Sure. Yeah. Yep. But I think it builds up sort of a, you know, you have parties, you you have, you get food, you put a, you know, quitty out, you know, the, mm. the the noodle soup. Yeah. Every week we put it up there for free, and they get into that. We have. A, like a petty cash tin where the girls, if they, you know, they'd had an accident, they had to go to hospital, they could dip into the petty cash tin to pay the petty cash tin back. And yeah, I think we just built more of a camaraderie thing with, 
and it doesn't work all the time, of course. Mm. Some of the people, you know, stick it and they'll just go somewhere else. That happens. But majority of people, um, they have stuck around with us for a long time. And I think you build up that rapport. And some of the people that actually have left and got married to mates of mine, which I love, I loved it. Mm. I've been to quite a few weddings where guys have come in and they're married. Some of the girls and like uh, good luck to them, you know, yeah. really good luck. And I get invited to the weddings and it's fantastic. I mean, do you not stand there at those weddings and think if I knew you knew what she got? Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, as you say, each to their own affair. I, I know. You know, we've all got a past and, sure. and that's it. It's that's, what we call it. It's it, the past. But I can imagine thinking, I remember when she used to be on that plane. Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, did you nickname that that petty cast in like the sick buffalo tin? <laughs> I mean, how many sick buffaloes? Not the stent of tin or the rice crops failed or the. The mothers in hospital, or the how many mothers they've got, you know, they've always been to the the bro brother's funeral, the mother's yeah. funeral, and that happens ten times a year. Yeah, it's amazing how many times you can die. It is. I mean, one of the questions I do want to ask you though, and it's a really interesting subject, I think, because back in the day when the introduction of the tag agency came yep. into, and and it really didn't have, in my opinion. It didn't have a good influence in the industry. If anything, it caused people like yourself incredible problems. And, and you touched on it a minute where you said about the girls, it's not always about the money. And I think you've just emphasised exactly that point in terms of when the tag industry came and they were, they were robbing all the girls from all the bars and saying, well, if you want to back it's an extra lot of money. How did that affect you and, and how did that affect heaven? Well, I think it's had an ongoing effect, mate, because it's sort of still there in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. But in the initial stages of it when it did happen there was a couple of bars which i won't name that went in and good luck to them that's each to their own i'm not condemning the firm but it did knock the independent places around the guys that had their own hard-earned cash in and it became almost like a bidding war mm. you know well also i've been offered to go to a certain place can you raise my salary a bit? So I put the salaries up, but it wasn't, it was nowhere near what they were offering. Mm -hmm. Nowhere near it. But in Walking Street, it became so predominant, you had to do it, mm -hmm. or you'd have no staff. Mm -hmm. And of course, they then, I think in, in some ways, they were, they were looking at the future, and good luck to them again, that Walking Street did become more and more Asian orientated. Mm -hmm. And the Asians that had come over, they would, you know, they've got a week's holiday and they've got so much money in their pocket. And the girl, you know, the bar finds 2000 and they can't get the money out quickly. And they said, is that enough, you know? And then you, they pay another 5000 to, mm. to to go outside with their escort or whatever. It was, and we couldn't get that because it was, our club was more expat orientated, guys that lived here. Guys that were hard workers, and they certainly weren't going to pay that sort of money. Mm, and I was going, I we were up the alleyway, and we were upstairs, so it was. But we did get a lot of the staff that did go away. At one stage, we dropped down to you know very minimal mm. staff. Slowly but surely, they started drifting back in. I was going to ask you because obviously you know back in the day, everyone remembers having above as the go-go place that it was. And now Heaven Above is now here in Soy Boomerang. And yes. If you're not sure where Soy Boomerang is, I'll put a, a map link down below. And you've, you've changed the concept now from an a go-go bar into a gentleman's themed style. 
What was the decision process now? Why did you change? Because you were so successful. Why not just bring a go-go bar over here and be successful again? I'm not saying that I've seen the demise of the go-go bar. That won't, I, I don't really think that'll happen because you've got LK Metro and you've got so many clubs up there. How many will survive after this lockdown? I don't know. But I was talking to a couple of friends over here and they said, why don't you look at the gentleman's club idea? maybe with a hotel or something around, you know. And I was thinking about it because I originally, right through the very first lockdown, um, I must have looked at oh, 20, 25 different businesses from, wow. from John Dan, even up at McClure. Wow. I looked up Soy 6, but I kept coming back mm. to this soy here, to soy boomerang. And I thought, after and I did my due diligence, I spoke yeah. to different people, what do they think, and da da da. And I thought, this is it. I'm going to come in here. Any regrets? None at all. I couldn't be happier, Trevor. I couldn't yeah. be happier. As I said, the people that I've met, and um, and we we do pretty well in here. We've only got a small club. We did want to get next door, um, which we didn't manage to obtain. But the smaller club here, it's it's easier to manage. Um, I I think we've got the formula pretty right now, but it was it was a different strategy coming from the other heaven above to this yeah. one. Yeah. It's like chalk and cheese to a gentleman's club from a dance club yeah. and how it actually operates. But it's more um, hospitality driven, I'd say, because it's smaller, you've got the interaction as as you know, you brought in um, a group of guys. Yeah, I did, yeah, for our Buzzing Bar Crawl, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, and I must admit, on the back of the Buzzing Bar Crawl, I mean, and again, I'm not just saying because we're saying, I'm being honest, you know, and the guys are on the on the bar crawl that are watching this video, I'm sure they'll, they'll reiterate what I'm about to say to you. You know, when we came here, the one thing that I think jumped out at me more than anything else was the welcome factor. You know, we came in, it's like, you know, you were very dominant and, and prominent in your welcome. Hi guys, you know, thank, as was Bob. You know, it was very nice to feel very welcome very quickly. The service staff were just nice and relaxed. They weren't in your face like, oh, buy a drink, and the girls were good fun. Uh, I know, and when we came out, you know, it took them two or three days to recover because we did go on quite a session. But after they all recovered, certainly in the Telegram group, a lot of people were saying, man, like that place was just rocking. Like, can we go back there? You know, and I think that's a credit to how you've managed the girls and how you've put that situation together. In terms of like the actual way forward now, right now I appreciate we're in COVID and you know, every, as is all around the world. So we're in a, we're in a bit of a mess right now. Yep, sure are. One of the questions I do get asked a lot and I'd like to ask your opinion on this is, how do you see the pricing structures changing when things reopen? Because the question I've often been asked is, you know, because you've had nothing for so long, will you be out there looking to recover by putting your prices up? If you're in now in a bidding war and a battle because everywhere's now reopened, there's only so many people, are you going to drop your prices, try to come in, it's cheaper here than it is around the corner? How do you see this unfolding? I think what originally happened, Trev, was that when, after the first lockdown, which went for, what, a few months? Yeah. And I remember going into one of the clubs, which, you know, it's not apt for me to name it, but... They were paying the girls 300 a night. I had to get two drinks. And I thought, wow, gee, that's not, not much money. Well, it, it slowly but surely, those prices started to creep back up. And I think what will happen, and I don't know, our pricing structure here is 
I think we're pretty reasonable where we are now. You know, all the beers are like 90 baht for a beer, and if nobody people want to grizzle about that, well, we've still got to make something. We've got well, to yeah. make a lot of overheads. It's loads of overheads. But I think that, I think it'll go back to where it was. Do you? That's my own opinion. Yeah, I think that it will go back to where it was, unfortunately, because I think it's a great opportunity if the clubs could sort of maybe get together and have a chat about it, mm. and maybe set their prices to a reasonable level, but you're always going to have one or two renegades that are going to go, stuff it, I'm just going to charge what I want to charge. Mm -hmm. And they're the bigger clubs that maybe, you know, they've got a hundred plus girls in them, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll go back to the way it was, mate. It's interesting that you mentioned about the cost, because I think something that, you know, certainly people watching the channel, myself included, I think we underappreciate just how expensive things like rent, and particularly something that not, not a lot of people are aware of, it's the key money. Sure. I mean, in, in terms of what, I, mean, I don't want to talk about here, that's, that's private information and, and we're not privileged to that, but in terms of walking street, can I ask you, what were the kind of costs involved to give us an idea as to, damn, that's a lot of sales, that's a lot of beer sales, that's a lot of bar fines you've got yeah. to establish to need just to break even, let alone make a profit. I mean, what kind of money are we looking at? Well, the key money thing is usually paid, it's normally a, a three-year thing, but I guess if the clubs are struggling, they'll, the key money they can pay it yearly, or right. some have locked it into their monthly rental. And can you explain payments. the key money so people know what the key money is? <laughs> key money is just something that's, <laughs> you give them and they put it in the drawer and go, thank you, and shut the door and lock it up, and because they love, they love counting money over here in time. <laughs> I'm glad you said it that way. It's a gimme. So yeah. it's just a gimme. Yeah. The one thing, hopefully, keep the fingers crossed, is that this key money thing will be something of the past. Now. Do you think so? I think that's one thing that oh, will... Good show. I think that's one thing, because there's so many places for renting now. Yeah. So many. It's uh, it's tragic to see some businesses here that have been here for so long. Yeah. The key money, they're happy to just get their place rented. Forget yeah. about the yeah. key money. Um, we negotiated here with no key money. But in Walking Street, the question you did ask, mate, was the, I don't know about the average key money, but there was one big place in Walking Street and their rent and key money was 600,000 a month. That's 600,000 baht a month. And even if you made 100 baht on a bottle, let's just say, let's just say you had 100 baht, I mean, that's incredible. That's massive money. I mean, the rents are higher than the CBD of Sydney. Wow, that's incredible. It's just, but now there's a, a settler, I, the rents will come down. There's no two ways about that. Mm. The rents will come down. The key money will be gone. Um, well, that's only a positive, isn't it? I mean, that has to be. Yeah, it has to be. Yes. Then that will encourage more businesses to take the plunge and open and give it a crack. And For sure. Know, you know, and I think that's a good thing. I mean, the key money, you know, it's had its day in now. I mean, it, oh, like it's, no, it's ferocious. It's just ridiculous. I mean, when you add the key money, the high rents, you had the tank girls forcing you into, like, almost blackmailing you to, into having them. I mean, it really is a mountain to climb now. It's, it's not an easy, easy struggle. It's not. And, but, but the one thing I will say is that you go in with your eyes wide open mm. and there's always a, you never give a sucker an even break, I guess they say to the landlords here. And if the guy's prepared to pay it, and he's just come in without any knowledge, prior knowledge, yeah. without doing his due diligence on can I afford it, blah, blah, blah. Oh, some of these wood ducks that come in, I just go, they are just, uh, they're mental. 
you know, I, I've always got some sort of a, well, I've got some sort of a plan in place. I love it. Whether you love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, anyway, um, it, the prices are, are pretty extraordinary. Right. But I think the, the next factor is that where the clubs are going to find it very difficult is to get staff back in. Mm. That is the next thing. Well, I suppose it'll be a bidding war, won't it? Well, it probably will. Mm. That, that's where the problem will go back again. Well, we've got our online streaming, which we sort of in a way not forced to do, but we do it because it has kept the staff in a job. Of course, I, yes. I still employ my barman, my cleaner, my manager, um, I, and of course the girls. Mm. They all, they've still got a job. That's brilliant. We're not making anything, but it's, you know, guys that say the online streaming, you know, they're negative towards it. I am too, don't worry, but it's not in your face, it's not in a bar. Mm. We'll never do that in the bar. But when you reopen, will you continue live stream, or will that be pushed to one side? That'll we'll cross be, that bridge when you come to it. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it, because the thing is that you need staff to, to man an online mm. streaming. Sure. And, but the one thing we definitely won't do, it's not in your face or any customer's face. There's no way in the world. You don't want that. No, that's right. <laughs> Bad enough now. <laughs> I do not want to walk into a bar and have... Yeah, you know, 100% agree. I just, I just don't want it. You know, I see some of these YouTubers that use these hidden cameras and I think, dude, if you ever got exposed, you're, like, you're probably going to spend a few months in hospital. Yeah. I, I mean, when I do my, my, my walkabouts, I'm always, if I'm walking, I'm going, oh, that's a camera, camera, and I'll just move it away. Sure. But, you know, like you say, these little pinhole cameras, I hate them, and like live streaming. But it is a means to an end right now, and if you didn't do that, I'm guessing all the girls would go back to the village, and it's almost in effect, I suppose, like starting afresh again, you know, right, okay, we've opened the doors that's, for the first day. That's where it's tough. And then, of course, you get the guys that'll grizzle maybe about the online streaming, but then they'll grizzle when they come in and there's no there's staff there. Yeah. They're all going on country. Yeah. So the main driven factor behind it is to keep the girls occupied, because they've got rents. Yeah. Like a rent here, like they can get a place for, say, 4,000 baht a month, but they can go home and live for free. Yeah, cool. They can eat for free. Yeah. But to eat here, to live here, is expensive. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. expensive. It is, you know, absolutely. We're very privileged. I consider myself one of the luckiest percentage of, of guys in the world. I've got 1% or 2%. I'm single. I've got some money in my pocket. I'm happy. My health, touch wood, mm. is good. We don't realise how poor some of these people actually are. Mm. Well, you are in a good position. And we, fair we are, mate. Yeah, I can still consider myself very privileged. And yeah, but, but let's not take it away. You know, you, it's not like you were gifted it. You know, you have grafted. So you know. Yeah, sure. Let's let's be fair, mate. You've grafted over in Australia. You've built a hugely successful restaurant business. You've come over here and you've dived into what is notoriously one of the toughest industries to be in. And not only have you survived for seventeen years, you know, you built up a brilliant brand in heaven and you succeeded. And fair play to me, you know, fair, fair play. Well, I hope it keeps continuing. I'm sure it will. Well, we're nearly the end of the uh, the uh, interview. No, that's okay. No, so no, what no, I want to no, do is I want to ask you a question. We've got a guy sat there now. He's looking at the, he's looking at us and he's enjoying this interview, and he's coming over for the first time. But before we're allowing him to step out of his room and go out and let himself loose. What's the one pearls of advice, the pearls of wisdom, the advice you would give him with all your knowledge? What would you say now? Listen here, son. Before you go out that door, what are you going to say? I'd almost given up talking to guys, the first timers. So that's what you're talking about. Yes. The guys yes. first come over here. Almost gave up and I thought, no, I can't give up on them because they're going to be thrown to the walls. 
And I mentioned it previously, mate, I used to have the book Private Dancer, and I gave it to a few mates. Here's the book, I pick them up at the airport, read it, when you're finished, go back to the first page and read it again. <laughs> but no, they know best. Yeah. I've seen so many guys that, I'll give you one story where a mate of mine, he's, I booked him into Savoy Lodge when I was staying there, and we walked up the road, and there was at the beer bar complex at where Siam is now, Siam. Yeah. Yeah. It was called the Harley Bar, it was a pretty grotty sort of bar. Well, I pre-warned him about the girls and how they, they're pretty good at it. Well, the first girl in the first bar that, that even gave him a smile, he ended up marrying her. <laughs> and oh, it ended up in divorce and it ended up in a shambles. But, like, they don't learn. No. They don't learn. And as much as you try and try and try and still in them, because the guys that send money over, the the sponsorship thing. Oh, it's, I might yeah. say good luck to the girls. And again, I mentioned to you that I've one girl that had five sponsors that yeah. worked for me. Yeah. And I'd say, what happens when you get two of them come here and say, boss, I'll run away? Well, you know the, the, the classic <laughs> statement, isn't it? Yeah, but she's different. She's the but. She's but, different. But, that, and then the next thing, don't say but, and then she is yeah. different. That happens every single time. Oh, mate. That's been brilliant, my friend. I can go on for a little I'll tell you what, we're part three coming up soon. <laughs> let, let's pop some questions down below. Like, we'll do part three because this man is an absolute wealth of knowledge. Guys, what I want to say to you is if you're not sure where Heaven Above is, it is in Soy Boomerang. I'll put a link in the description below. Come and check it out when we can, when it's back over again. Join the Telegram group and ask the guys on there, you know, what was it like when we came in our bar call? Because it was absolutely awesome all right that's it from us today as always guys please remember hit the subscribe button and also the bell icon if you'd like to be notified when we bring out a new video check out our members area there's more and more businesses supporting the members and uh, just have a look on there for us join the telegram group for exactly the reason i just said here with greg you know i'll find out about what goes on well actually no you probably shouldn't say what goes on in it uh, but what goes on in heaven above general something soy boomerang it's been an absolute pleasure my friend thank you so much thank you trevor guys if you want any information drop the link below Stay safe.